All right. Gosh, it's, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, I love Texas. Wow, that was terrible. <laughs> what, half of you from Boston or something? What is this? No, I seriously love Texas. Texas is, I feel like, a second home to me. At some point in the future, it'll be my primary home. I know that. And uh, I just, I always feel, can I get closer to you? This is like a for official church business pulpit. I need to get like this close. I need to spit on you, okay? Yeah, you can't, you can't have a good meeting unless you're spit on in the first row. It's like, it's like going to SeaWorld, you know? There's, you're going to get wet in the first row. Do I want more light? I, do I need more light? Do I, how do I look, guys? Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks. Good, how are you? Awesome. God bless. All right. Well, uh, I, I do have a word for you, and I just want to—I I, want to give it. But I do also—I want to just say this. I love Texas. I love coming back here every time I get a chance. I always—in fact, I'll be here uh, most of of. Uh, well, I've been here this weekend, but I'm actually flying back, and then uh, enjoying a little bit of Houston's weather, as well, and um, and then some of Dallas as well. So I'm spending a little bit more time here. And, uh, and so it's cool. I just feel like, you know, the eyes of the nation are going to be on Texas in this season. You know, I, I really feel in my spirit prophetically that the eyes of the nation are on Texas. And that really consists of people. You know, it's not just Texans. Texans are cool. You know, everything's bigger in Texas. I mean, you got to have a truck if you're here. You know, you have a truck, big truck. Everybody's got to have a big truck. And there's, you know, you have to have an excuse to have a truck where I'm, I live in Nashville right now, and Nashville, you know, it's not everybody has a big truck. A lot of people are in, oh, thank you. But here, you, you just have to have one. It's part, of, it's part of the decor. But I love it. I love the atmosphere here. I love that anything is possible. Everything is possible. You know, there's a spirit of faith, hope, and, and a expectation here. And, uh, but yet, it's not just Texans, okay, because some of you guys are transplants, you're not from here, you moved from here. Uh, check, where are you guys from? Canada. Look at this guy. He's Canadian and he comes down to Texas. How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's good though. I love Canada, by the way. And, uh, and, and so, you know, but there's something about the, the, the believers here in Texas. And, you know, they say they make everything bigger. The hearts are bigger here. In Texas the hearts of the believers and you guys are praying people you guys are hungry people and I love and appreciate that and so I want to encourage you inspire you and speak into your faith is that cool because there's more for you say there's more now I believe God has something in store for you in this season and it's a vision it's a vision of better things you know each and every one of us there's a vision that God has for us in our life and and uh, I'm gonna read out a scripture tonight I love that the message version it just helps me okay if you can't if you're some people are literally bible dyslexic it's okay you know get the message version it will help you it will help you it's like the hippie version okay and it's like hey yo man jesus is cool man hey multiply the loaves jesus you know it's the message okay 
And I love reading the message because I feel like it's the spirit of the word. It's not a translation. It's more of an interpretation, more even a commentary than anything. But it's still good enough, okay? Because the word of God is alive and powerful. And it's able to, to touch us. It doesn't matter if you see it at a baseball game behind the, the, you know, the catcher, John 3.16. It still grips you. There's something about it. And, you know, I know I meet a lot of people and they want a prophetic word. I get requests from all over the world. Can you prophesy? I love Instagram requests for a prophetic word. Can you prophesy over me? <laughs> yeah, follow me. And I will, no, I just can't. <laughs> But I get Instagram requests, you know, I get Facebook requests, Twitter requests, all the, and, and sometimes I just want to get a little, a, a little get, bit, uh, you know, sassy, if you will, and just read your Bible. <laughs> yeah, so, come on, we're going to get Pentecostal in here tonight, read your Bible, and, uh, but it's not because I am a fundamentalist. It's because I just find it's the love letters of heaven. It's just so powerful, it, and it really is the foundation of the message uh, that at least that I carry, and I believe many of you carry in here. And, uh, and so, you know, I find the scriptures, you know, really a, there, there's a lack of skill with scripture today. There's a lack of skill with scripture. And we need to be skilled in the word of God. We need to be skilled in everything that is written in here. Not that everything is... is you know, an admonition from, but it's all for our lesson. It's all for our learning. And, and so I get in here, you know, and some of us, we have, you know, maybe this is the extent of our, I've done this before, believe me, I've done, oh Lord, speak to me. You know, you ever pull one of those? Speak to me, Lord. And it's like, lo, and though I have spit you out of my mouth and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I better repent. Oh man, this is so, some business. But there's better ways, okay? There's better ways. And so I like, you know, I read the scripture like it's a menu. And, you know, in a menu, you order from the menu. I love going to a restaurant. Anybody just, you know, eat at home's overrated. I love <laughs> going to restaurants. It's my, it, 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 it's, it's the will of God for my life. And so, and when I go, you know, I'm a simple guy. I know what I like, what I don't like. But when I get there, I study the menu like there's a test at the end. Right? Because I want to make a good decision. Okay? And I've spent a, a lot of my spiritual life studying this menu, knowing that I can order from this menu and that there's something in here for me. So I found some good stuff for you guys. Okay? Habakkuk 2. I'm in Habakkuk 2. And I'm going to read this because I feel, I feel like this is a, an encouraging word. There's a prophetic word that you have in your life that you're sitting on. Many of you are sitting on right now and you're going, God, how in the heck is this thing going to be fulfilled? How am I going to get into my call? How am I going to get into my purpose? You know, don't they know that I'm amazing? Don't they, you know... Some of you got the dot-com already. You know, you're ready to rock. You're ready to go. You're, you're like, man, I got, I, got, I, got the, I got the Gmail. You know, the G, it's like apostle, prophet, evangelist at gmail.com. I've, I've seen those emails come in. Uh, you know, 
it, it, it's like God loves me with butterflies and kisses at gmail.com. It's like, wow, this person, they're either a narcissist or they're really spiritual. But, you know, I, I, love, I love those. And, and yes, you're pre- being prepared. People are, we're being prepared right now and preparation is everything. Preparation is everything. You got to prepare. And some, we, we may not realize that you can't fulfill God's word in your life. That's something for Him to do. But you can prepare the table. You can set out the table. You can put out the plate. You can put out the, 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 the utensil, everything that you need to get ready for what God is going to serve in your life. And so you're getting ready, you're being prepared, and like an Olympic athlete, you're preparing some for 18, 20 years for 30 seconds of glory. It may not feel like a lot, but it's that moment. It's, you know, the moment that the man that heals, you know, we read about him, he was once named Saul, and he was blind, blinded by Jesus while he was riding on a horse, and he's going, he's persecuting the churches, and then he says, I've got a man that you've got to visit, and he's going to heal you. This man walks in, and he's getting a word of knowledge from heaven that, that Paul, he's been saved. He's, he's walking with Jesus now, and now you need to heal him. And he, he heals him. And this is the last mention of this guy. He doesn't go on to create a ministry. He doesn't have a dot-com after that. I mean, if I was me and I healed the Apostle Paul, I would have IHealedTheApostlePaul.com. <laughs> I would be like, I did that. That was that is like a, that's a conversation stopper at like a Christian conference. Everybody's like, what do you do? I planted 5,000 churches. What did you do? I healed the Apostle Paul. <laughs> it was awesome. It was good. You know, and, and, and so his legacy from that point is just, it's, it's far reaching so, to, to today. But it was because he was obedient in one moment. One moment that changed one man's life and changed a nation, changed us, and opened up the gospel for so many people. So I'm going to read it out of the message, and you might not be able to follow because uh, you don't have this unless you have, you know, electronic version. I like the electronic version, but uh, it says this, and I'm, I'm by the electronic version, I'm, I'm, I'm reading from my iPad, okay? Let's just, okay, and then God answered this, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It says, it aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. God has something for you, and it's headed for you right on time. It's headed your way right on time. And it's, it seems slow. It seems delayed. But I want to prophesy to you, no more delay. Many of you have been experiencing delay, and you're going, God, what do I do? I want to prophesy an end to your delay. And the thing that you've been sitting on, it's like, wow, when is this going to come? It's over. The time is now. Step into it. So what do you have to do? you got to get up. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I'm just waiting on the call of God. Well, you have the call of God. You know, and, and some of us, we, you know, I, I, I've been there. I've been there, you know, trying to fulfill the call of God 
on the couch, you know, just like, Lord, whenever you call me, I'll be here, you know, watching my shows, Netflix, and, you know, and, and that's not where you're going to get the call of God. In fact, I had a young guy recently reach out to me. He said, Jamie, how did you start off doing what you're doing? I said, funny story. It's, a, it's actually a remarkable story. But I, I, I felt like I lucked out. You ever felt like you lucked out? Like, whoa, like this is a bonus. I'm in the bonus you know, hour. I'm like, man, this is a bonus. And so I was actually just serving at a church, another man, for free, for free, volunteering my time copying in the copy machine room tracks you know do you know what tracks are okay i don't know if you know what tracks are have you taught them about tracks yet the power of tracks the wonderful saving grace of tracks these are incredible i remember when i was a kid reading chick tracks do you guys remember chick tracks that'll scare the hell out of you man i i was chick tracks were like oh my gosh this guy i think he was like is Chick in here? Did he pass away? He went on. He, he got saved. And uh, Chick Tracks, I read them when I was like four years old. And they were cartoonish and, and kind of devilish creatures, you know, and like, 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 you need to repent. And I would like go to my brothers and say, guys, read that. You got to repent. <laughs> I would preach the gospel from the Chick Tracks. And uh, there was all sorts of, you know, end time stuff in there. It was scary. You, you, you made it through. If you didn't live through that time in, in, in the kingdom, you're blessed. <laughs> and so I was, for this guy in this church, he would have me go, and, and because he would hit the streets, he would go, and he would, he would pass out these tracks, and these tracks were just directions to the church after he'd pray for people, and he'd see miracle signs, wonders, and people get healed, and all sorts of amazing stuff. He, he would pass these out, and he would have me walk around passing these out as well, and I would carry like this stack of papers, and, and then I had a backpack equipped with them, and, and just, and, and, I, and he, every week I had to go into the church, and, and I had to make the copies myself, and so I would sit in the copy machine room making 500 to 1,000 tracks a week. And these are, this is like double-sided. This, this is not like what we have in the printers, you know, today, technology today. This is 18, you know, years ago, 20 years ago. And so I'm sitting there making these tracks and every copy, and then I have to reload the ink, and this ink was this long. Too, and it would take me a whole day to make these, and I was volunteering my time. And I would write my name down, scribble my name in the ledger from the for the church, saying, here's how I, you know, here, here's what I did, and here's how many pieces of paper I used, and, and because they needed to keep a copy, a ledger of everyone who used, you know, if somebody was sneaking in there and using it, you know, in a way that they shouldn't. And so, you know, but time went on, and, and months and months, and then I get this request to, to, to meet this man named Randy Clark. And... And Randy Clark was the senior pastor of this church. And he, and he says, I, I need to meet with you. And he says, I, I've, I've been trying to find you. I, I didn't know who you were, but your name is on the copy machine ledger, and you're costing us a lot <laughs> in the copy machine room. And I want to know what is it you're doing back there because you're making like 500 to 1,000 copies a week. What are you doing? And I, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. 
uh, I'm, making, I'm making copies of directions to church. And he was like, whoa, what's your name? I was like, I'm Jamie. He goes, wow, you need to come with me on a trip. And I, then after that, he invited me, and I started traveling with him. And that's how everything just began to open up. See, you never know when you're in the right time, the right place, and it doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. It's you in the back room making copies. It's you at the coffee bar, you know, serving coffee. It's you in the kids' room. I mean, it's wherever you are. God's going to move in those places, but he'll make your name famous. Doesn't matter. It's Jesus who we ultimately all want to see famous. Come on. Doesn't matter. None of that, all that stuff will go away. Jesus is the one that we're making famous. He could tell somebody about you in the secret place. He can make your name. Gideon gets down in front of, uh, of some enemies. He sneaks into camp, and, and one says to another while he's spying on this camp, and they're spying, he and another friend of his, and they're listening to, this, to, to the enemy armies talk and conspire with one another. And one says to another, he says, I had a dream last night. The other one says, what was it? He says, I saw a loaf of bread coming down from the mountain, and it smashed all of our houses. And the other one says, that was Gideon. He's the loaf of bread. I don't know how they interpret that, but <laughs> that, they interpret Gideon as a loaf. Gideon's listening to his name being mentioned. And they're like, oh my gosh, he's surely going to destroy us. See, God will, God will put out rumors about you. God will put out words about God will encourage other people to meet with you, talk with you, and get in touch with you and say, hey, this person's the right at the, you know, that's what happens, though, when, when you're living for an audience of one. Listen, you're living for an audience of one. And I mean in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Living for an audience of one in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Where you go, God, God, you know, you see me. You see me. You know, and I think the anti-message to that in this hour is only God can judge me. Have you heard this message? That should scare you. If only God can judge you, you should be very afraid. If it's that complicated, you should be very afraid, okay? Because I'd rather have one of my brothers tell me what's going on wrong in my life than have to face the Lord where he's like, okay, you didn't listen to your brother, you didn't listen to your sister? You didn't listen to them when they were, God, only you could, he goes, yeah, I did. I sent one of my kids to warn you. I sent one of my kids to get in touch with you, and you didn't listen. That was me talking through them. But the other, the healthy side of that same message is, is I'm living for an audience of one. I'm doing this in the secret place where no one can see me. And that, yes, God, you trust that you can, I, I, I'm here with you in this secret place, saying yes to you, whatever you want to do. So what does he say? He says, write what you see, write it out in big block letters that it can be read on the run. Now, I've got two kids, and it's fun. It's fun reading the books with them. They love, I love reading their books with them. I get real animated when I'm, bedtime stories are like a blast at my house. Okay, and the kids, I don't just make, I, I go off script. I act like I'm reading the book, but I go off script. The boring book, it's good, but it's boring. You know, and I put drama in there, right? I start throwing it, you know, like, like, like Star Wars references and all sorts of different 
stuff my kids. It's going way over their head, but it keeps me entertained. <laughs> They're like, wait, Luke Skywalker did what? You know, <laughs> they, don't, they don't know that stuff. So, so, but you know what? What's interesting is that they're written in big block letters. You remember when you're a kid, you re read in big block letters. It's funny how life, you know, in life you get like, it's like you go from big block letters to smaller font, and then as you get older, you get to back to big block letters. Okay, I'm at that place where I'm like, wow, I need a big block letter on this. Raise the font on this, okay? Let's increase it. Thank you, Lord. You know, but you're, you can't run and read something in small font at the same time. That's going to be too difficult. And perhaps some of our vision has been written so small that we can't read it when we're running. And that's why we forget what we're after. We don't know what we're after because we, we can't simplify the math. What is it that you are all about? If I asked you, give me, you know, 144 characters or less of what you are about, could you do that? Could you write it in big block letters? Could you condense it? Or, you know, I've been there where I'm fumbling over my words and someone's like, you know, and it's a moment where you're, you're you know, you're given pass the ball. What is it that you want to do? Like I was just down, some friends of mine and I, we were invited to, to Mar-a-Lago. And so we go down to Miami, and, I, and, and we're, we're in Miami, and one of the guys uh, that's hosting us and putting it all together, he was, like, he was like, what do you do? And these are guys not in church. They're outside of church. And, and so I know what I do, what, what my message is to them, and they, and they say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a dream interpreter. And they're like, you're a What? And I say, yeah, I'm a dream interpreter. And this guy is like a pro-Trump supporter. He's hosting like these events at Mar-a-Lago, you know. And so we're going in there, you know, knowing who the crowd is. And so he says, oh, yeah, you're a dream interpreter. I say, yeah, I, I, funny story. Dreams are one of the most honest places in our life. Did you know that? And he goes, really? And he's kind of confused, you know. And he's looking at me like, what? And I said, let me tell you a story. There's a group of people that I'm wor I work with, and there's this guy. He actually has these dreams submitted to MIT right now, and they're being reviewed, analyzed for, for similarities. And uh, he's collected a database of dreams, put it up on, on the web, and people from all over the world submit their dreams. And those dreams go into a, a database. They're, they're time-stamped, they're logged, they're everything. And they're dreams from people, not just Christians, every walk of life. And he's collected 54,000 dreams over the last two years. 54,000 dreams. And MIT's getting a good look at them and trying to find out because there's, it's interesting what, what we find in dreams. They're not just the most honest resource, but something about the collective conscious of humanity. We actually all dream very similar, even in, in the same season. God is speaking to all of us as if we're one body. Isn't that interesting? And so I'm sitting there telling him this, this, this thing, this project I'm working on, and I go, yeah, you know, here are something you might like this. I said, in fact, during the election, there were all these dreams started getting submitted during the election, and, and during the election, there were 54 dreams that were submitted that 
that said that Trump was going to win the presidency. And these were people writing in that were not Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians. You know, they, these were all sorts of different people from different walks of life. And they would write in and they would say, Trump is going to win the presidency. Some of them were like arguing with the dream. They were like, I, I don't understand this. I'm going to leave the, the, the U.S. if this happens. You know, and, and some people were for it. But some people were supporters. But zero were submitted that Hillary would win the presidency. Zero. And the reason why it was zero is not because God doesn't love Hillary Clinton. It's just dreams are an honest source. They tell an honest story. They don't lie. Unless they're self-conditioned and something that you believe beyond what God says about you. They don't lie. Man, that got his attention. And he goes, oh, wow. Well, I had a dream last week. And he tells me this massive life called dream. And I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And it's this amazing, elaborate dream about he and his wife and the call that they have together and, and how they were split apart, but things are going to come back together. And, 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 and this is a, a vision for him, for where he's going. But I can't get down into the nitty-gritty of the details of the vision. i got to write it out in big block letters because... If I'm going to convey something to someone else that's catchy, I can't be like, okay, now, were the, were, were the roads in the dream multicolored? Was the fourth toe on your, on your foot? You know, you ever been around people that interpret dreams like that? They're like overanalyzing. That's what we do about everything in the kingdom. I had to write it out in big block letters. And when I told him that, he goes, that makes so much sense. It was like, boom, he caught it. Can you convey what God is sharing with you in, in a meme? Can you convey it in a way that can be, can be viral, can touch someone, and then they're like, man, I'm taking that, I'm going I'm, I'm to retweet that. That is amazing. That's what I want to do. If you're struggling with that, and you're like, man, I've got like 10 different things I want to accomplish in my life. What you need to do is begin to weigh, weigh things. You know, I do this in my dreams. If I have a dream, four dreams about one thing, it's so like God, I don't know why. But I'll have four dreams about one thing. And then as I'm pursuing that, one dream about something totally different will come out of the blue. Does anybody relate to that? Or one prophetic word. Right? It's like, you're going to do this, and all of a sudden it's like, no, you're going to be sitting down. You're going to be in a rest season. And you're like, what? I did all this preparation. What you need to do is weigh it four ways more than one. If you have four words about one thing and one word about something else, what weighs more? And you only do what weighs the most. That's what you're to pursue in that season. Come on, are you hearing me? God's got a plan for you. You've got to write it out in big block letters. Here's the deal. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. It doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. I'm going to go to John 6. You guys good? Turn to your neighbor, grab their love handle, say, wake up.
You hungry? Anybody hungry in here? I'm so hungry for Jesus, guys. And, and I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm, I'm so hungry for Jesus. You know what I've been practicing lately? This is a bunny trail, but it's worth it. Communion. I've been doing communion just about every day at home with the Lord. And it's been amazing what has happened. The, the, the transformation that has taken place. Communion. And I went to the Christian bookstore and got those little cups, you know, like, you're like, please, God, I hope they're not contaminated because they've been in there who knows how long. <laughs> you know, they look, you know, and they got the little wave because they're easy. For me, it's easy. I'm like, okay, I could take those on the road with me. You know, I could, I could just do them anywhere. And I set one out. Sometimes I'll set one out at night, the night before. Just so when I wake up, the first thing in the morning I see is th that's what I look at. And I go, I got to, okay, I'm going to take that. And I'll sit down for a half hour, sometimes 40, 45 minutes and more, and just take communion with the Lord over that. Whatever it is that the Lord wants to show me in that time. And you know what? It's a game changer, guys. It's a game changer. Jesus says, look, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you've got no part with me. You have no part with me. In order to partake of all the goodness of God, communion it is a connect point. There's something very, very, very powerful about that. And in fact, if you want to be in on this, we're going to be, we're going to be doing something. And our, whole, our goal is to launch it in about a month, maybe a month and a half. And we're, we're just in talks right now of doing the largest online community event, uh, communion event ever and our goal, we want to see like a million people online at once taking communion. And we're going to host the largest online communion event and just see what kind of miracles happen when we do this. Like people getting healed, delivered, people, I mean, people getting their, you know, marriages back, jobs back, all sorts of different things. Because there's something that happens. It's a miracle moment. It's, there, there, there's a, a trans, transference of a miracle presence that is given to you. And it's the very body and the blood of Jesus. And some people get wrapped up, is it, is it really the body and the blood of Jesus, or is it just, you know, symbolic? But we, I think we miss the point that it's just, a, it's primarily a connect point with the cross, the resurrection power of God. Jesus, I am fascinated with Jesus and this thing about bread. I don't know what it is, but bread is just, bread is life. Anybody relate to that? Okay, I've been on different diets in my life. You know, there's like, you know, you got, you got like keto now. Anybody keto in here? Okay, God bless you. Okay, anybody vegan in here? We got vegan. Fish. You're, in, you're on a fish diet. Good, fish is good for you. You sure? Okay, I, I, think, I, I think you're right. Jesus did eat fish. And, you know, we got about, and, and, uh, but when people, bread diet, anybody get off of bread for a little while? There's nothing that will make you angry, <laughs> bitter. I mean, yeah, miserable. It's, it's real. People are like, you should, 
cut out bread. I'm like, I'll cut you. <laughs> cut out bread? Don't you cut the bread out of my life. Cut out bread? And I look at Jesus. Jesus was tempted with gluten in the wilderness. Did you know that? <laughs> the devil came and tempted him with gluten. And, you know, it's real. It's, you know, but, and Jesus had a, 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 a sort of a miracle multiplication presence with bread. And he did it twice, which is amazing to me. He didn't just do it once, but he multiplied bread and fish twice. At least that's what was recorded. There may have been more moments, but he actually did it two times. As if to say, this is, this is something that is important. We, must, we we got to take note. And I don't know what kind of bread he multiplied. I don't know, you know, I always want, I'm like, was it sourdough? Was it rye? You know, because this bread is so darn good, people are coming out of the woodwork for his bread. There's something about this bread, and bread is life. When you break bread, there's something that happens. I don't know what it is. I feel better. When I, when I have, I remember growing up, and my father, he made fresh bread every Sunday. He's a bread maker, and he would make fresh bread every Sunday. I could smell fresh bread in the house. And you know, it says about Jesus that he was born in, in uh, the house of bread. That was the name of the city that he was born in, the house of bread. And so Jesus, he has this unusual way with bread. And so he, he multiplies bread. He says this, Jesus looked out in verse 5 and 6 and saw that a large crowd had arrived. He said to Philip, where can we buy bread for these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. Has God ever asked you a question? You know, God's all, whenever God asks a question, it's not that he doesn't know the answer. It's that he's trying to stretch your faith. He's not, he's, he's not looking for, you know, it's like, hey, have you, have you ever tried to, like, convince God of something? It's like, hey, have you thought about this? You know. But he asks him, he says, hey, where can we get some bread? He asks this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. Having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. Praise God. That's amazing. Another translation says that they, they even had uh, leftovers. Leftovers. So much overflow. You know, God is a God of leftovers. We say more than enough, I say leftovers. He's a God of leftovers. It says, the people realized that God, in verse 14, God was at work among them in what Jesus had done. They said, this is the prophet, for sure, God's prophet, right here in Galilee. Jesus saw that in their, that in their enthusiasm, they were about to grab him and make him king. So he slipped off and went back up to the mountain to be by himself. That's the kind of king you would want, right? A king that has the ability to just give away bread, multiply things, you know. It's like, man, what, 
That's why Jesus was so sought after. Jesus had a way with things that would make people want to come to see him for miles and miles away. He turned tax burdens into an investment vehicle. Did you know that? Do you remember the moment with Zacchaeus? He goes to his house. He sits down with them. He breaks bread, and Zacchaeus says, man, everybody that I have wronged by stealing from them with taxes, I've overburdened them, took it, taken too much. He says, I'm going to turn that around, and I will give it back with interest. Now, could you imagine being in a service like this? Jesus has got the microphone, and then here comes this wee little man walking through the crowd, and he's passing out these little satchels, and they're, 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 there's coin in there, and it's a note attached and it says, this man, Jesus, has changed my life. Here's your money back with interest. You better believe that conference had an overflow section the next day. <laughs> they were like, what? This is amazing. Jesus, he just gave us our money back. He's multiplying bread. This guy's incredible. People get healed in his presence. People, people are lame or walking. Blind eyes are seeing. This is, who is this Jesus? He's king. They recognize that. And they go to, to make him king, but it says that he departs to be by himself for a little while. He gets alone. I watch, I, look, I like this. Verse 26, it's, or 22, look at 22. The next day, the crowd that was left behind realized that there had been only one boat and that Jesus had not gotten got into it with the disciples. They had seen them go off without it, but now boats from Tiberias have pulled up near where they had been. They had eaten bread, blessed by the master. So when the crowd realized he was gone, wasn't coming back, they piled into the Tiberias boats and headed for Capernaum looking for Jesus. They're looking for him. And, and watch what Jesus says. When they found him back across the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? They're trying to, trying to put the piece of the puzzle together like, Look, you got to get in a boat to get here. There was only one boat there. How did you cross over? How are you here? Jesus is supernatural. You ever gotten to a place to realize, like, I didn't know you were here, Lord. I knew you were back there in my life, but I didn't know you were over here. And he's always ahead, one step ahead of us. And he gets there before them. They go, how did you get here? And Jesus, he says, you've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs, and for free. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for food, the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. To that they said, well, what do we do then to get in on God's works? Jesus says, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent. That kind of commitment gets you in on God's works. I, I, love, I love these messages of best life now. Look, I want to live my best life. I don't want to live my worst life, right? I want to live my best life, right? I love these messages of, you know, God wants to bless you and all this stuff. And, and you know, there's things to be had in the kingdom. There's, there's you know, 
all of that's true. I'm not trying to take away from any of that. But at the end of the day, are you pressing in for God's presence or just a little bit of provision? Are you pressing in for what he had, for the purposes of God in your life or so that you could just pay off your car bill? Look, God will pay off your car bill, no problem. Debt is not a big deal to God. Come on. And if you have debt, say amen. Get out of that because God, I'm not talking about you work harder to get out of it. I'm talking about God's going to deliver you from debts. But at the end of the day, are you pushing in for his presence or are you living for what he can provide for you? Are you living for the bread that perishes or are you pushing in for that which lasts to eternal life? There are things in your life that you can do right now that will last for the ages to come. That you know what those are. I've seen them in my spirit. I'm like, God, I've sowed that. No one knows about that. But I know that's going to last for fruit to the ages to come. I might not see return on that investment in this life. But I know that's the food that doesn't perish. That's going to be the things that matter in the age to come. There's something that you're called to in this hour. There's a prophetic word on your life. But don't get it mixed up with provision. Listen, I want to I encourage you. God has a way of providing for you. Listen, I've been on ramen diets for a lot of my life. Okay? I ate the dollar menu for many years in ministry. And, I mean, I remember I was like, God, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Like, I can't even afford it. something off of the dollar menu. I had, a t I had a truck that had four tires. None of them were the same. I'm not talking about just this, like the same type of tire. They were all different sizes. <laughs> different sizes. And the Lord's like, I'm calling you to the nations. I'm like, have you seen my tires? <laughs> Those things are not getting me there, Okay. It's to be real, God, okay? He says, I want you to sell that thing. Sell it and buy a ticket to Brazil. I'm like, what? Okay, who's going to buy this? I found a buyer, hallelujah. People buy anything. And so, you know, God is so good. I went to the nation. I didn't even know what I was doing. And he says, I'm gonna, I am going to provide your way to nations. Don't you worry. And I'm like, God, I've got to work harder in order to get there. And he goes, listen, son, I'm going to provide your way. And I remember the day he tells me this, guys. I'm digging a ditch in a little town called Collinsville, Illinois. If you've ever been blessed to be there, you're one of 15,000 people. Okay, like, it's a small, small town. And I remember... I, I, have you been there? Yeah, okay. And I, I was digging a ditch in Collinsville, Illinois. And I'm sitting there going, God, you called me to the nations, God. Do something in my life. And I remember getting dehydrated and falling into the ditch. <laughs> I fell into the ditch. And I'm on my knees in the ditch going, Lord, you called me to Brazil. I, I say yes. Get me out of this right now. Like, I was, I was like ready. 
you know what, they, the, the, the management team of that company, it was a drywall company, but when they ran out of work, they had me dig ditches. <laughs> it's terrible. He says, we got a raise for you today. I was like, yeah, nations. That's what I'm thinking, nations. And he goes, yeah, you've been working hard, man. We're going to raise you a whole nickel, a nickel an hour. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? And he goes, you earned it. I was like, oh, Lord, a nickel an hour. God, how am I going to go to nations? On a nickel extra an hour, I was making just like above the minimum wage. I mean, like, like, <laughs> gosh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, Lord. Everything was supernatural at that point. I was like, God, to multiply the fuel in my car, everything. I need to get there. You know, it was, it, and God has a, a way. You know what he told me? He says, I'm going to pay your way around the nations. It's not going to be a nickel and out. It's not going to be an extra little nickel. It's going to be me. I'm going to pay your way in the nations. To this day, I think I may have paid like for four tickets, five tickets in the last 15 years to the nations all around the world. And, and I've gotten to speak to incredible pe meet people from incredible walks of life. But, you know, he wrote it out in big block letters for me. He made it simple. He just said nations, nations. And I'm like, amen. That's the word of the Lord. He said, quit striving for, for that bread, that parish. It's not going to amount to the everlasting call on your life. Listen, I don't want you guys to, I want you to do something. I don't want you to equate where you're at right now with the size of your call. I don't want you to equate where you're at right now or even the size of your budget with the size of your call. Don't dream based upon your budget. Let your dream be bigger than your budget. God is bigger than your budget. Let your dreams always be bigger than your budget. Let your vision be bigger than your budget. Some of us, we only dream according to the size of our budget. And when we do that, we cut God off. We fall short of the glory. He's got something for you that's, that is remarkable. Just remarkable. And it's not dependent upon the size of your budget or your skill set or any of that stuff. What blows me away, man, God, I get to, I, I feel like so blessed. I get to be in, with people of different walks of life and they go, what do you do? You know, I remember I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was this one young guy, I won't say his name, but young guy, triple platinum guy. He comes up, I was at church just worshiping, not even in ministry at the time, and he comes up, he's a triple platinum singer and, and, and really well-known and uh, famous. And he comes up and he goes, I'm supposed to have lunch with you today. And I'm like, I think you got the wrong guy, man. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm supposed to have lunch with you today. And so we sit down, I'm sitting down, and, and there's him, there's one of his writers, there's, there's his producer, we're all sitting around at lunch. And he says, he says, he goes around the table and he goes, he goes, hey, all right, we're going to go around talking about what each of us do. You know, and he goes on. He tells about all of his songs, his hit 
It's a triple platinum, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, cool, cool, man. And the next guy, he's like, I write music for the biggest name, the blah, 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 blah. And the next guy's like, I produce this guy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what do you do? And I was like, I serve in a restaurant. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, yeah. And he goes, wow. After that, he gets in the car. We get in the car together, and he goes, you know what? You're supposed to come travel with me, and you're going to help. You're going to prophesy to me. You're going to be my pastor in this season. And I was like, I'll pray about it. <laughs> doesn't matter where you're at. God's got your number. God knows how to call you out. Come on. You believe that? I believe that too. Come on. Hey, what's your name? Teresa? I just see the, I see an open door for you, Teresa. In this time, and, and you're, I feel like uh, some things that you've been pushing for, some things that you've been in, uh, asking for advancement in, God is about to give you the advancement. And things that, that almost like you have the, you have, uh, you don't, you have a forward momentum right now of breakthrough that is going to help break others through into what it is that you're stepping into in this time. And I just feel like God is about to set you up for success. There's going to be a, a, a you're going to see an, uh, an elevation in this time. It's a catapulting into your purpose, into destiny, and it's going to free a lot of people. You're going to see a lot of people free. You're going to see a lot of people helped, and things are going to make sense in the next few months. You're going to start to see things make sense in the next few months. And almost like, uh, you know, it says, it says, um, it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run, not be weary, walk, not faint. You're not going to faint in this season. You're not going to be weary in this season. You're not going to uh, be knocked down and tired and exhausted in this season. In fact, I see an energy coming into you like a life, the life force of heaven coming into you. And it's going to catapult you in the right direction. And you're going to find energy, life, vitality in, an, in this new season of strength and grace. And so I just bless that, Teresa, on your life. Father, just fill her up right now from the top of her head down the soles of her feet. And... And, yeah, and Lord, I thank you, God, that there's something being, there's something, I feel like God's healing you, even in your eye. I don't know what, th what that is, but he's setting your eye straight. He's setting your eye straight. Does that make sense to you at all? Okay, so Father, right now, just, I ask right now that she would set her eyes on, just on, on uh, ahead, on what is ahead of her. I bless that in Jesus' name. Let it be so, let it be so. Come on, let's just say yes to Jesus, what he wants to do. Hey, man, what's your name? Peter? Awesome, Peter. Do you know this guy? Your husband. She's proud of that, man. That's a good job, bro. Okay, so uh, what's your name? Peter and Amy. God bless you two. You know, uh, I just, I don't know if this is you, but I feel like the Lord has sent you here and almost, uh, yeah, it's, it's you guys. It's, it's like he sent you here, sent you for a specific reason. And the Lord wants to begin to open up that assignment to you in this time. And uh, some of the things almost like you've been like, where, when, how, how does it all fit? And uh, where are the other players? Where are the pieces of the puzzle going to fit together? And Peter, I just see like God, that you've given up things 
uh, in the past. You've given up even opportunities to step out into what it is that you're doing right now. And God is going to begin to open up the door for you and begin to reward you for what you've given up. This is a time of a hundredfold restoration in your life. Things that have been taken from you, things that have been robbed from your life. In fact, there's been time robbed from your life. And there's been things of your family robbed from your life. And you've had to walk through some things, even a difficulty at a young age concerning your health. But the Lord is going to restore back to you the years that were taken from you. And you're going to start to see your voice return to you. In fact, there's something right here that the Lord is restoring to you, and it's your voice. And it's something that the enemy tried to come and, 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 and steal from you, choke out of you, the very uh, breath of life out of you. But you're going to get back. In fact, the Father is on you right now. And the Father is proud of you. He's saying he's proud of you, Peter. He's proud of you, proud of the decisions you made, proud of the man you become, proud of the ways that you've acted in this season, in this hour. And he's going to anoint you. He's going to put his grace upon you. You're going to do miracles in this season. Now, uh, and, and, and what was your name again? Amy, in a teaching uh, almost like the, there's a gift of teaching upon you and the, and the things that you're, you're, you've been taught, the things that you've uh, been empowered with, you're going to teach others, teach the next generation. And so now it's time to be elevated into that. There's a, there's a place and a platform for you. I bless you in this time and I bless, the, I bless even the soft heart that God has actually given you and that you have, a, you have a tender spirit. You have a soft and tender spirit. And because of that, he's going to speak to you very gently. He's going to speak to you secrets in the secret place and tell you things about people to pray for them. Not to expose them, but to pray for them. To love and pray. And so, Lord, I just bless Peter and Amy in this time. God, thank you. Give them the gift, Lord, they've been asking for. Give them the gift. And, and Lord... Open up the doors of abundance to them. I bless them in Jesus' name. Shoo. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. More, Lord. More, Lord. Is there someone here that you moved here and you're living in a van? Or living in like a Winnebago or something like that? Does that make sense to someone? You might be embarrassed to say it, but I believe God has a word for you. Don't be embarrassed. Who is that? I saw a vision earlier today, and, and maybe you're not living, a, but you're like camped out. You don't yet have a place, and you moved here. Who is that? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Just work on their heart, Lord. Just work on their heart. Thank you, Lord. Hey, you're not homeless, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's your name? Jake. Okay, cool, Jake. Uh, you know, Jake, something, there's, there's something that, that God is putting on you to put together in this time. And to begin to form, uh, it's like a new way of connecting the dots for people to, to do uh business and to do things and to help them connect together in a collective space. It's almost like a co-working environment 
and you're going to begin to see God give you that, what you've been asking him for. There's other people going to be involved in this and businesses that are going to help fund this, Jake. And you're going to begin to see things are going to begin to line up for you in this time to begin to afford things that you never thought possible. And it, because the Lord is going to doubly bless you, he's going to richly bless you, he's going to overflow in your life. And things, even people groups that you never thought you would touch are going to be, I, I, I just see in sports, there's something God's going to reach out and connect you to in, in, with, with uh, athletics and, and people in sports, and even people having sports inju injuries and stuff like that, you're going to start to see people of different walks of life come into the safe space to be healed and to be taken care of and to be made whole. And so, Jake, I bless that in Jesus' name. Come on, can we just celebrate God for that? And, like, do you have a coffee shop right now? Do you have a coffee shop right now? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like the tip, the, the tip off is, is a coffee shop. And so it's like a, a tip off, and, and it's just a tipping point. And so I bless that for both of you. Yes, come on. And what's your name? D? Okay, D. Lord, we bless D. And D, you, you have, uh, there is a way of abundance on you, wealth on you. And God is given you a stewardship of wealth, and he wants you to begin to tap into this, not be ashamed of it, not be embarrassed of it, but, but there's something in the spirit for you to retrieve of the wealth of heaven, the wealth that God has for you, even the inheritance of generations. And so do step into that because God is going to begin to, to set you up with a skill, with understanding of how to move things forward, how to advance things forward. I bless that in your life, D, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just celebrate God for that. It's good. Hey, have I ever ministered to you guys? No? Okay. All right, good. Good. All right, uh, next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, what's your names? Ben and Nikki. Don't need to be nervous. This is good. That's when you, I've literally had people forget their name in these moments. Like, what's your name? They're like, Dan. No, I mean, I'm Sarah. I'm like, what? <laughs> ben and Nikki. Okay, uh, you know, something that I feel like there are, there are, wow, there's a platform for you guys. There's a platform. There's a platform of hope, and there's a platform of faith in a place to bring people to that, that need to be encouraged with hope and faith, that have yet, that almost like they're going through uh, they're going through a dry season. They're going through a difficult moment in their life. But even more so, they've been, uh, they've been uh, kicked out, kicked out of places, kicked out, almost like kicked out of their country, kicked out. They have no home. They have no country. They have no affiliation. And I feel like God is about to give you guys a place to bring people to, to give them faith, hope, 
and even reconcile them back to their brothers and sisters. Reconcile them back to people that they've been, they've been uh, disenfranchised from. And so watch as God begins to set you guys up. There's something for you guys in this time to step into, even, even in regarding people in their, in their relationships. And, and to see reconciliation over relationships and the things that God has for them in their relationships, there's an upgrade in their relationship. And so he wants to begin to do that. And I can see that it's almost like you've had things that you've had to settle for. And, and in settling, you've just gotten that hope deferred. But you know what? There's a desire in you, man, that is like the tree of life. And if you tap into it and not be disappointed any longer, it's going to be fruit for the nations. It's going to be food for the people. And you're going to begin to see things. And it may take some pain. It may take some saying yes to some things and, and looking at some things that have hurt you and even pushed you back. But I want to tell you, you're going to be unstoppable in this time. You're going to be unstoppable. Nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to put you down anymore. And I feel like you're going to be even a helping hand who have been to those who have been put down, to those who have been put down low. And you're going to bring them up to this platform to give them hope, to give them faith, and to say yes to what it is that God has on their life. And there's an honesty, Ben, that God is calling you to, to be honest about what God has called you to. To, to say, this is what God has put on my life, and I'm going to say yes to that. And so watch, there's something in you being formed, and it is a seed right now, but it's going to be a very big tree that people could come from all over and rest. In. Just like Jesus said, the tree that birds rest in the branches. So bless that, man. I bless that. And there's something, there's a foundation being built in both of you. And the, the, you know, to, to dig up things so that things can be replanted. That's where you've been. And the replanting, things are stronger than ever before. Nikki, I just feel like you're, you have a spirit of faith on you. You have a gift of faith to prophesy even to the mountains that stand in your way. Things that have been in a, the adversity, the things that have been standing against you guys. And I feel like there's a prophetic call on you to prophesy, to speak into people's lives that have no hope. Yet you see the glimmer of hope in them. You see the faith of God in them. And so I want to encourage you, prophesy. There's a mantle coming upon you. And I want to just, I want to tell you guys, this is going to be an incredible summer for you. You're going to start to see this summer is going to be a summer. I'm, I'm telling you, God's going to knock your socks off this summer. It's going to be a blast. And so I bless you both in Jesus' name. Come on. Can we just celebrate what God's going to do with them this summer? Amen. Come on. Hey, man, give me fives. Give me fives right there. Give me fives. All right, all right. Cool. Cool. Amazing. How are we doing, guys? We good? I don't even have the right time. I'm, I, <laughs> just, I don't even know why I wear this thing. Oh, we lost an hour? No, no, that was last night. I got it at 3 a.m., so I feel good. You guys don't have like a certain time you have to be out. A A is in here by eight. Seven fifteen. Parents get their kids. So you guys have five minutes. We got five minutes. Ready? I'm gonna rattle off as many as I can in five minutes. Okay? You're getting an upgrade. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. You know. Okay. You really are getting an upgrade. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I, I feel like you're stepping out. This is a time for you to step out. This is a time for you to step up into what God has for you. So this is an upgrade for you in your life. And you, you've been praying about that. You've been praying, God, okay, where are you going to, where are you planting me? Why am I planted here? What is it you want me to do in this time? And, and you're going to see some of the online things that you're doing, though. There's uh, really start to to catapult. I feel like you're going to start to see some of those things. There's going to be finances just poured out on you from some of those online things. And you're going to start to see even it's going to, you're, you're going to start to see some of the things you've been doing in far reaching places. They're going to be almost like uh, posted on walls and posted in, in, in places. And, 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 and you're going to see, even God's going to write your name in places that you're going to go, whoa, how did it get here? How did that get here? And so watch and be surprised because God has something for you. So bless that in Jesus' name. Ha! Come on. Okay. This young lady at the end. Yes. Is that a Korea shirt? Okay, cool. Uh, Sarah, I, I've, I saw you in the hallway earlier, and, I, and, I, and when you were walking past me, you had like a crown on your head. And I just feel like God is placing upon you this victor's crown. This is a victory lap. This is a victory time for you. And I feel like this is going to be a time where you get to get back into the dance, the victory dance that God has for your life. And just to dance upon even things that have been, uh, I feel like you're going to dance upon sickness and disease in people's lives. You're going to dance upon that, the thing that have, has hurt people and brought people down and injustices that have been against people. And so this is that time to get back into that movement, into that dance. And so this is a victory. Victor's, there's a victor's crown you're wearing. And I just prophesy the victory over you. Get in that victory. There's a victory praise in you as well. It's like that shout of praise in the secret place. No one's watching. You know, windows rolled up, walk, driving down the road. Ah! You know, the victory praise. So I bless that in your life in Jesus' name. Come on. Awesome. Chuck, Anna, I, you know, I, I saw, I, I, I saw there's, you know, there's no more business as usual. And I feel like there, that God is beginning to set you guys apart. There's this distinguishing happening right now. And I specifically saw a miracle anointing come upon you guys. And there's something of a miracle mantle falling upon you guys in this season. And, and it, is, it is to raise up the next generation. It's to raise up a group of people who will seek the face of God. He'll pray. I see 24-7 prayer. I see, I see moments where they're just going after God in, in, in extended seasons of prayer and fasting. But but I see people hitting the streets. I see pe people hitting the highways and the byways. I see people getting sent out, and you're and it's almost like you're going to hit the colleges. You're going to hit. You're going to hit the universities. You're going to You're going to hit the, the the condominiums and all these different places and and uh, the, the broken down the section eights. And so, Father, right now, I just ask for a miracle anointing to come upon them, bless them, fill them up, Lord, to overflowing. Let it come. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. In the name of Jesus. Where's your worship leader that has the throat thing? Oh, okay. I got You're hiding in plain sight. Okay. I'm gonna, you can't talk, so I can't. But I will, I will just pray for you. Father, right now, just heal her up. Heal her throat. Lord, give her her voice back. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the voice that she's called to be. And uh, I bless it. I bless it, Lord. Even in the solitary, even the, the moment where she can't speak. 
Lord, that you're speaking to her, and there's things that you're sharing with her in this moment, and there's, there's going to be new songs that come out of this. There's going to be new words that come out of this, and, 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 and new sounds. And so I bless that in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen and amen. <laughs> Guys, look, I want you to stop by. If you have any need to get equipped in some of this stuff that we've been talking about tonight, I want you to know I've got some resources out there, and I really do. I don't sell things. I, I resource people. That's the thing. I've got some books out there, and I've got some, some teachings. This specific one's called Hearing God's Voice, and I want to, if you're in here and you came from a fundamental Southern Baptist environment where you're like, the gifts of the Spirit, that's the devil, but you came here and you're like, I'm ready for something different. I'm ready for something new. I want you to raise your hand because I want to give this to you. I'm looking for that one. Who is it? Who is it? Everybody's pointing at somebody. God bless you. Both of you get a book. Okay, I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to give you, you get a book, and you get a book. This one's called Hearing God's Voice. This is for you. God bless you. What's your name? Andrea, bless you. Thank you for being bold. Okay. And uh, hey, do me a favor, guy. Run this back to that young lady right back there. Thank you so much. Keep your hand raised. That's another book called Supernatural Revolution. And uh, okay, then I got another one called Seer Realms. This is one for people who want to see in the realm of the supernatural. You want to have eyes to see. Okay, there it goes right there. Somebody get that. It's right back there. Okay. Uh, all right. This one is called Supernatural Revolution. This is a four CD series. I love one of the messages in here, you've got to get this if you're a Joseph. Joseph's. And if you know you're a Joseph, you feel that, man? Okay, come up here. Get up here, old English. Oh, both of y'all. Yeah. You sniped it, but you got it. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Now you get another one. Come here, buddy. Come here, oldie. Yeah, I'm going to give him one of those too. But I want to, here. I'm going to give him this one. This one's Secrets of the Seer. This is my, do you have this book? God bless you, man. What's your name? Tanner. Tanner, bless you, man. I just, I, I really admire your work here. That is incredible. Holy smokes. That, that is amazing. Uh, but Tanner, I just bless you, man, with eyes to see. That you would have eyes to see the abundance that heaven has for you. That you would get the secrets of the seer. And that they would be downloading you, you would be walking, talking seer, and that you would tell people the visions that you've been seeing, even the secrets of their hearts, and you would prophesy, and God would show you, whether it's in boardrooms, classrooms, or church rooms, that God would show you the secrets of people's hearts, and you would prophesy and bring freedom to many people. I bless you, Tanner, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody celebrate God. Bless you, bud. Guys, I love you. If you got to pick up your kids, you got to pick up your kids, okay? Can't, it's it's irresponsible if you don't. Uh, but if you, if you can, go to jamiegalloway.com, sign up there so that we can inform you when we're going to do that communion, online communion. I want you to get on, I'm going to get God TV and pair up with them to do this. It's going to be absolutely epic. God bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs>